from Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. ToadHopNetwork.com. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. All the way from Glasgow, Scotland, weighing 237 pounds, the Hot Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Ow! <laughs> How are you doing, everyone? Holy cow. Back to Rod Pod. My goodness gracious sakes. I'm so tired. I have been so many places. And I can't remember one of them. <laughs> Don't have a clue. Those ones that say, you know, if you can remember the 80s, you were not there. <laughs> so much cool stuff. Of course, I have Steve Simone with me. My That's buddy, okay. my best so right-hand guy. One of the best comedians. I met him at, uh, at the uh, comedy store on Sunset Boulevard. And he opened for me um, uh, the Hollywood Improv. And... Uh, you know, he did the first 20, and I did in the last 45, and the first 20 were so much better than the last 45. <laughs> they were not. <laughs> and I didn't know him, you know, and what he did is, like, at the end of a set, he, like, ripped off his shirt, and he had a hot rod shirt on. <laughs> like, stop, man. So cool. Uh, so I, uh, I love you to death, and uh, special, special. And, I, and I've been on Christian's, uh, Christian Harloff. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks up, for Harloff? coming, you know. Yeah. You know, and you brought your family with you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you, like, Steve, Steve, you have said this, uh, and I've heard, I've listened to the show religiously already, and uh, from you, say, it is, this is like your 13-year-old, 14-year-old dream, and you yeah. are one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Oh, it's oh, incredible, man. no, because the funny thing is, is that Roddy, you know, when you see him, he's at, he's just this big, like, can talk shit to the best of him, right? Yeah. He is the nicest person. Oh, you know, dude, no, I'm no, telling no. you, man, when I met you, did my show, when we did our show at that room fire, we did a live show, and I'm like, is, is he going to punch me in the face? And I'm not going to remember, you know? Like, it was, like, so nice. I couldn't Hon believe it. Honestly, I'm, one uh, of the jokes I used to do when I got to open up for you was, like, it's the coolest thing ever being Roddy's friend as a grown-up, right. but... Even now, my inner 11-year-old is still like, I don't think I should trust him. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't do anything sneaky. It's always in He's going to Frankie Williams you right now. <laughs> <laughs> One coconut. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my goodness. And, of course, uh, Christian, you work with Mark Ellis, which is a yeah. great guy. He's a super, really nice guy. And that's the funny thing, too, because I listen to these guys. They're talking about, you know, how, like, because Brett Ernst was on, and you guys are talking about how you guys, yeah. you know, it was, and Brett's like, listen, you came by the comedy store, and we were able to hang out with you. Comedy store was my home for a long time. And well, I, you're I mi tough. And I, well, I'm, I, miss, and like, I miss you. I was like, I was pretty much on the independent circuit, like retired, and you know, nobody's paying me for main events anymore. You know, that's, that's pretty much that was. <laughs> I know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I, you know, and that was the thing. And I met Mark Ellis through the comedy store. I met Steve, uh, Steve Renes. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Brett Ernst made me, uh, brought me into the comedy store, and I became a regular after Brett recommended me. Nice, so, yeah. nice. You know, the comedy store is not an easy place to get into. No, it's a no. stinky gym, man. It's like it's, it's, it's the Hell's Angels is. Club of Comedy Clubs, yeah. I call it. You know, I love it. There's the guy that dresses as Jesus. You uh. know? 
He's walking around. There's a transvestite. I tip him a buck just so I, yeah. I can get in. Well, Alice and I were talking about this last night where they were saying, like, at the Laugh Factory, they play a video before the, the, you know, the whole show starts. At the Improv, they play a video. Comedy star, homeless guy, shits on the floor. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happened. I, I, I guess the show that. started. Uh. <laughs> I've never done the laugh. They play a video of the Laugh Factory. Yeah. I it's a really nice cl- You would love it there. Well, I think you know I got to get in. You know, I've been I've been kicked out of Japan. You know, <laughs> Denny's, <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff. We and we got something cool. Now I'm not I'm not much of a pitch man, but I do know we got a sponsor. Get oh, nice. this nice. somebody that's got guts enough to sponsor <laughs> our show. So it probably won't be yes. We love you. Uh, Gamefly.com. They uh, oh cool. Yeah, because like they. It's like kind of like a Netflix. You can rent all the video games you want. You get to keep them for as long as you want. There's no late fees. I'm probably there's eight thousand different kinds, and I'm probably on half of them and <laughs> and lose. You know, they rigged those machines. Yeah. I think they rigged them because there's a couple of video games uh, that I've seen. I've had to. Uh, uh, go on and, and do publicity about it. And my son was playing with me. I'd have to try it, you know. And my son picks the rock, you know. Why don't you pick me? <laughs> but now I fix the rock and we play it. But, like, you know, I'm pretty sure that they don't want me because I wouldn't never take a dive. <laughs> and even on the games, they got it where, like, it's just about impossible for me to pin anybody. Yeah. But I still get DQ'd. Like, I'm like, can't get DQ's, baby. There's got to be a video game where they you get to put the sugar hold on somebody. Oh, that would be the coolest. Man. Yeah, those, yeah. Those things are definitely rigged because the Red Rooster shouldn't be the best uh, character <laughs> in the game. <laughs> I remember on the first night. He can, I don't know what genius talked that idiot into this, <laughs> but Morocco, magnificent Morocco and I, walking by, and there goes Terry Taylor. I love you, Terry, but the red rooster, and he's getting his neck, and he's got the thing in the red, and like it's a rooster, and oh, he's yeah. going like, and Morocco and I are looking at each other, and we're like, baby Jesus, you know, that's, uh, there goes 40 years of credibility down the tube. <laughs> You know, nobody wanted to follow the Red Rooster. Put him on last. Pretend he's the main event. One time the Red, <laughs> one time the Red Rooster was rooming with Jake the Snake. And Jake the Snake, like back in the day, his snakes, he would, at nighttime, he would put the snake in the bathtub. Now, we used to have a thing back in the day called, uh, you used to heal the room, which because we were such professionals, which meant... The one guy drove to the front of the hotel and checked in as one. The other guy hid. Then you both split the room. It was cheaper. And so Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster. Oh, geez. Jake's got the snake. And Terry is oblivious of the snake. And so Terry's laying. They both go to sleep. And Jake's there. And Terry Taylor wakes up about 3 o'clock in the morning. And the snake had crawled and is halfway over Uh, Terry Taylor's neck. And it's like, you know, he's going, Jake. Jake. You know. Jake's bombed out of his mind. Jake's been up since 74. Decided to take a son. Terry Taylor, you know, I don't think he had to paint them things red anymore. They just just came naturally to him. He was one one guy, Jake the Snake. I hope you're doing great, Jake. Uh, by the way, I hear he's kind of tried to clean up his act. And, uh, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for being, uh, he's a, a really great wrestler. Uh, a great ring psychologist. Um, he's just, 
Weird in the junkyard dog, you know. Just, if there's a strip club, he's going to be late. <laughs> well, I saw the whole thing they did on Jake. Um, you know, it would not not to be on the map, but after yeah. like, like this whole special on him and how talented he was, and the fact that like it just because he had so many demons in Ooh. him that Ooh. the fact like if he had not, they said this guy would have easily been like you know maybe either world champion or because you know, it was the Hogan uh, era, maybe intercontinental yeah. champion. You know. So. Yeah, his daddy. <laughs> his daddy's name was Uncle Elmer. <laughs> And I'm the guy that had, to, okay, you got to understand this. I think it was at the Meadowlands, and Uncle Elmer's getting married in the ring. Wait, from Hillbilly Jim, that Uncle Elmer? Well, yes. That was that's Jake, Jake the Snake's dad. dad. His real dad. Was he a wrestler when he was younger as well? Yes. The big, you were, we're not talking about Hillbilly Jim. No, the about, bigger oh, no, guy. No, okay, that's oh. his dad. Now, allegedly was an informant for the FBI. What? And also, wow. wait a second, allegedly, and also... So they're getting married in the Meadowlands, right? And I've got to come and interrupt the wedding. I get this. And I've got a movie career going on. And this is what i got to do. I'm behind <laughs> the curtain. And there's one guy between me and where i got to go. And I, I come, I go... Excuse me, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I gotta go and interrupt the writing. No, I can't way. do that. Arnold, could you excuse me? I'm going to impress you. I object to the wedding. Now, Jake the Snake's daddy, when he came into the territory, he had a suitcase full of Rolexes. Tons. And you could get them for like $5.99 <laughs> with a week guarantee. And everybody scoffed, you know, until about three weeks later, every wrestler had a Rolex. And the only thing was, like, your wrist would turn green after about three <laughs> days. But, hey, you know, if it lasted a week, it was yours. And uh, <laughs> that's Jake the Snake's daddy, wow, uh, Uncle Elmer. How, yeah. many, how many guys in the business? It sounds like it's a it, it's a family business. It seems like so many guys are second generation, yeah, third look at generation. The Rock. I mean, the Rock. Yeah. He was so sweet. I'll get to The Rock in a bit. This, I have got the coolest T-shirt. <laughs> That's amazing. In the world that I, that I'll get to. We got a ton of stuff there. I got. I'm a little. I gotta tell you, I'm a little pissed off. Okay, I've been to Raw 1000, but I'll get to that. Um, because I'm going to get real serious on that one. Uh, you know, baby Jesus, sometimes they just piss me off. Maybe call the segment Piper Gets Pissed. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. <laughs> I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> baby, uh, look at my mom. Ah, <laughs> no not gum. a piece of gum. We'll get to that. Gamefly. Nintendo, Wii Box, Xbox, your PC. Like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was it. It sounded it. Yeah, I bought it. Read it for yourself. <laughs> You'll do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> However, you know, um, okay, I, I want to get out of the way a few things. Uh, and, guys, uh, the number is 888-520-4374 to call in any question you want to call for Steve. Uh, for Christian, myself, I've got a special, special guest I'm saving. My pal, Sal. Sal Kimmel, the head writer for the awesome. Jimmy Kimmel Show, man. Also, so cool. I, I trained and managed him, and he wrestled at, I don't know if it was a WrestleMania. It was SummerSlam. He wrestled against, uh, we'll ask him when he comes in. He's going to be our guest a little later on. We have, you know, Christian, and we want to get the... Want to get Christian here uh, a little bit before Sal comes in because Sal just you know shit cans the show. I'll tell you, <laughs> you know he just you know just goes downhill from there. Um, so get this, this is what's going on because 
You guys are all involved. I've got to go. My son, Colt. Now, I, I love my kids. He's the coolest. Thank you very much. He's an MMA fighter. You know, I know. Yeah. I met Legit. him at the comedy series. Legit. Awesome, yeah. Thank you. Is he's, he still undefeated? Uh, he's, uh, he's an amateur undefeated. Excuse me. He's turned pro. And August the 5th is his birthday. Just get check this. Oh, that's Because so, I'm, I'm plugging where I'm going to be also at the same time. We're going to Scotland. Oh, wow. August the 18th. To the 25th, I'm fighting in Perth, Scotland. But this is what I said to them. So I says, hey, listen, man. If you want me to come to Scotland, you got to bring my kid. We'll come uh, a week early, but you got to bring us to all the castles, oh, the dungeons, awesome. the sword fighting. Freedom! <laughs> <laughs> I'm painting my face so half blue. Cool. Oh, and we're going to be in Scotland from the 18th 20, to the 26th. And but then and also, man, they're making Colt his first kilt. Wow! And the tartan, I it's actually in the tartan book. It's the Rowdy Roddy Piper tartan. Wow, I have a tartan, that's so and it's cool. that original. Oh, it's that original kilt that I wore in the first WrestleMania, the red one, and it, and it actually became the Rowdy Roddy Piper tartan. So they're making him a kilt, and for you guys, like. So you know my crazy life. I'm going to do a live rod pod from Glasgow, oh, Scotland. That's awesome. And with Toad Hop Network, they're talking. I don't know if you're going to be able to understand them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and then they get drunk. <laughs> yeah, but Steve in the suitcase. <laughs> so, oh man. oh, man. And the live rod pod. I really don't know how we're going to do that. But they're going to hook up with Toad Hop that's Network, so best cool. network in the world. Yeah. So, okay. So now, it just gets better. Then from Scotland, we come home for four days, and then Colt and I, get this, the prime minister of Aruba calls me. Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't call me direct. They called me and said, would you speak with the prime minister? And I asked the dumbest question, what do I call him? The prime minister. <laughs> okay, Rod, you know, put him back in the ring. Uh, and the prime minister of Aruba has agreed to do a rod pod. No I way. I swear to you. Now, I'm in Aruba. Okay, <laughs> just a second. Oh, oh wait. It's, this is going to be so great um, for the fans. August 18th to 26th, Scotland, right? Boom, we're back. By, I think the 4th of September, boom, we leave for Aruba. Do you, have you seen where that place is? I know it's really nice. Well, baby, geez, it better be because it's way down in the middle of yeah. no place. I, I mean, it's not, it's really nice. It's, a, you're gonna, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Nice. And so, like, I hear like Kevin Nash is going to be there, Steiner's going to be there, um, and a host of other guys I don't want to see are going to well, be there. Who, who are you fighting? <laughs> uh, not a clue. They won't no. tell me. Where really? So you could essentially fight Nash. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I might just do that for the hell of it. <laughs> I did before. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, what went on with that? We yeah. got in a hell fight in the dressing room one time. Why? Uh, um, we'll, we'll get into that. Oh, <laughs> come on. Uh, well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Uh, Jerry Lawler, just say before I get to Nashville, Jerry Lawler um, is going to be on with the prime minister from Aruba. Cool. So, like, and like, so there's going to be a king and a prime minister on the same rock <laughs> pod. That's awesome. <laughs> That's going to be my so opening great. line. Yeah, right. And is, then after uh, that, I want to say, like, you know, Mr. Prime Minister, we have something in common. We were both born, and from there we went separate directions. Okay? <laughs> you know, but I get the prime minister. So that would be a great name for a pro wrestler, though. Prime Coming minister. to the ring, yeah. the prime, prime minister. minister. <laughs> <laughs> With the cross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there used to be this guy, Master Lee, 
and he would hit his hand a thousand times every day. And um, he had, and he couldn't say claw, so he would say craw. <laughs> and I'd wake Colt up every morning to craw. And I, anyway, you know, that's a son dad <laughs> thing. Um, so, uh, you know, they give me, no, 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 I haven't ran out of words at all. They just give me signs. What does that say to you? It's a sign, too. It's, it's, like, it's a challenge. It's like the psychiatrist saying, a butterfly? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, no, I, like, uh, let's just, let me do a good job with game, uh, uh, Gamefly.com, because uh, there's so many people. Do you guys play video games? Do you? Yes, there's I'm Silent Macme, our board man. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, Silent Macme was a guy that I, I would wrestle with, and he couldn't speak. And it was terrible what they did to him. Like, he'd be riding in the back seat with Leo Burke and the Beast. This is in the Maritimes. And so That's Silent nice. Macme would, like, he'd, right. he'd have to... Uh, uh, go to the bathroom, you know, so he had a, sh a pad, a pen and a pad. <laughs> Leo Burke was driving, so like, he'd write down, I assume, you know, I have to go to the bathroom, and he'd give it to Leo Burke, and Leo Burke would crumple it out and throw it out the window. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> God. And oh, yeah. And he couldn't speak a word. I also wrestled one time a legless man, an Indian, and, and he put rubber boots on backwards, and just like from the knees, about two inches from the knees down, so they rubber boots on backwards, and you know, he backdropped me a lot. <laughs> you know, wow. wasn't, wasn't exactly like he was arm dragging me. How you, you know, how do you approach that though? Like, if your friend got like, did you, are you more cautious, or you're just like, you know what? He's in the ring. He's got one leg. Tough shit. You, no, no, he had no legs. No legs at all. No, so, so, both wait, stumps. Wait, wait, oh, so how, how you, you know what I said? I said, stand up when you're going to wrestle me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shot, hot dog. That was a shot. That was a shot. That's from the famous Jim Duggan. Well, I'm sorry, Chris. No, I was just, I didn't, like, I wanted to know how you would mentally prepare yourself. Like, to, like, uh, you gotta, hey, you know, tonight you're fighting a guy with no legs. Have uh, fun. Here's 30 you know, bucks. You, <laughs> you, know? you got 30? <laughs> <laughs> it's, you, you know, it's, that's an old school where, you had to go out and figure it out on the fly. Wow. There's no book for that. Like, there was one time they took us, uh, I was so young, I was 15, 16, and they got me in an airplane, uh, a pontoon airplane, taking me to a lumberjack camp, and we're in the sky, and the midget behind me taps me on the shoulder, and he points to the left engine, and there's oil leaking out the left engine. Hmm, I say to myself, and, uh, so I go, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Pilot, sir. <laughs> excuse me, Mr. Pilot, sir. <laughs> he wouldn't talk to me. So we landed in the pontoon. Now, you had to pontoon into the lumberjack camp. There was no roads or nothing. And when I got there, the place where the lumberjacks ate, they just pushed all the benches back. There was no ring. They just put Wait. like a, go ahead. So I, I remember being, okay, Wait, I'm sorry. like, is this where the term lumberjack match came from? When the wrestlers would surround right, the ring? Right, right, right. Well, you know, that's a hell of a question. So this is a real no, lumberjack like, camp. I'm, like, I'm telling the God's truth. Listen, so, okay, uh, you know what? They pushed all the all the chairs back in the room where they ate, these yeah. guys. Uh -huh. And then they just put, like, a, an amateur wrestling mat and... and Sounds uh, like the origin story. <laughs> yeah, this is and, amazing. And, yeah. and, and, like, a blue thing over it. And, like, crisscrossing was a bitch all time because there huh. was no ropes. There was no ring. And get there and start wrestling. And you know what? 
as you would wrestle, if you got close to them where they were sitting, they just their lumberjack boots. They just kind of you hoof you yeah. back in. I swear to you. That's oh, that's it. And so, and there was two gals too. And so then we come, a guy's promoter's name was L. Tomko. So now we're coming back to the plane, you know, and it's getting dark, and there's the pilot putting oil in the left engine, and finally he can see me. I says, you know, sir, when we're up there, oil comes on. Yeah, she leaks a bit. You know, get in, damn it. And we got in, and we landed, and the promoter got us in a van, and we drove for about 15 minutes. And it's this, and this is up in maybe Churchill, Manitoba, Canada, one of those kind of places. And it's a, a big, you know, Timberwolves and such, and a big state park, not state, provincial park. And he pulls in, and we figure it's for the rest area. That's where we slept that night. And the two ladies, they got to sleep in a van, and I had to sleep out on a bench, and I went, you know how this, they, they were really mean to me. And I had to go potty, you know, in the middle of the night. And so I heard all this noise. I, have, I forgot about this story. Heard all these noises and like it was a bear and all this rustling. And really, it was just the old timers. And they pushed the potty over on me. And, all, oh, and, then, and then they got in and took off in the van. And I'm running on the van. And I got, uh. you know, potty stuff all over me. And, uh. It's a lumberjack match. Um, boy, now I'm depressed oh. as hell. Ross, can I, can I ask you a question? As sure. Far as like, so, like, because I've heard, I've been listening to the show since you guys started too, and I've heard your stories as far as like, you know, when you were 16, 17, when you started, and you were kind of going through the hard times. Like, was WrestleMania one really where your career went? Like, is that where you? Uh, no, 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 no. no. Um, my first break was in Los Angeles here in the Olympic Auditorium. For about three years. And from there, I went to uh, Portland, Oregon for about two years. From there, I went to Charlotte, North Carolina for about three and a half years. Charlotte, North Carolina, at the same time, started TBS. And that's the TBS one. Like, I started to get this reputation. And then on TBS, it went all over the, the world. And in the Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles, I was on a Spanish channel that went to all over the world uh, that... You know, like um, any place they spoke Spanish, I suppose. Wow. And uh, that TBS is where it really started to blow up. And then by the time it got to rest of the very first, it was the war to settle the score. Really? MTV. MTV. MTV put it on. It was the highest ratings at that time. They ever wow. got 9.0. And I had like Little Richard, uh, Geraldine Ferrara. Uh, Dr. Ruth Westheimer, don't pay any attention to him. He just wears the kilt to get attention. I've told this story because Geraldine Verora, she was running for vice president of America. And she says, Roddy Piper, you're not fit to wear a dress. And people are coming and, you know, I kick Cindy Lauper. And she said uh, that when she, she was a female vocalist of the year. And she says at the end of her acceptance speech, it goes into, I don't know, 60 countries. Roddy Piper, you're going to get yours. And I had people coming up in cars playing girls just want to have fun. And then I knocked out Mr. T. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if Steve told you, I was at WrestleMania, too. Get out. Yeah, I was at Nassau. My dad took me to the Nassau uh, when, you got, when you guys boxed. You know, magic happened there. What, like what? I mean, magic happened at WrestleMania too. We got a break coming up, huh? In about, In about three minutes. Holy cow! You were there? Yeah, I was there. I was okay. Seven or eight years old. Yeah. Nassau Coliseum is a rough place at its best. The fans yeah. there. If you don't give them everything you got, they'll give you everything they got. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a tough club to work, and. 
I'm boxing Mr. T. Now, I have said so many things about Mr. T. First thing, like, we had a press conference. First time I met Mr. T. This is for the, what is this for? Um, shoot. First WrestleMania, I guess. Uh, and I'm late for the press conference in the top of Rockefeller Center. And doggone, and I'm running, and I open the door, and all these cameras go off. And I'm like, holy cow. And the first guy on my right hand side had a podium. First guy on my right hand side was Mr. T, Hogan. Then there was McMahon in the middle. Then there was Orndorf and my name tag, because <laughs> I was late. <laughs> and so when I come in, Mr. T, he looks, and he flexes his muscles and says, feel this. So I squeezed his head, and I said, it's pretty soft. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you weren't supposed to touch Mr. T. Wait, he was legitimately pissed off? Oh, yeah. wait big time. Big time pissed off. Wow. And that's what started kind of like us not really getting along. And then we did another press conference where Mr. T sideswiped me from behind and leg-dived me off in Rockefeller Center off the stage. And I come to get up, and there's McMahon and Hogan. Everybody's going like, what the hell's going on? And my eyes, like, I'm going to kill you. And then I'm thinking to myself, hey, listen, Rod, you got a responsibility here. And Vince McMahon came to me later and said, I want to thank you for being such a pro and not taking him out. Mm. And he said, I will never forget the look in your eyes wow. when that happened. And then... At WrestleMania 1, we go to Nassau Coliseum, and I'm going to box Mr. T. So, <clears throat> what happens is this. I decided to get a Gamefly.com, and I went and got these dandy 8,000 games. And I ain't never returning them, because there ain't no late fee. And if you go to ToadHop.com and push the rod pod, you get a special deal. A diva delivers them. Uh, Mola. Mola. <laughs> and we got to take a break, but when we come back, I will tell you the Please. rest. Of Nassau Coliseum and boxing Mr. T. That's so cool. Oh, not if you were there. <laughs> You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. The Kings can wear their crown. The Stanley Cup comes to Los Angeles for the first time ever. A Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. Own the 2012 NHL champs on Blu-ray combo pack and DVD. Justin Penner has sent the Kings to the final. Get exclusive Blu-ray content, including extended interviews and parade celebration. What a move by Kopitar. Experience the historical run. Say bye quick. Own the official NHL Los Angeles Kings 2012 Stanley Cup champions on Blu-ray combo pack and DVD July 24th.
Tracy go turn a deeper blue I could not foresee this thing happening to you Listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Uh huh. Ow! I met Mick Jagger one time over. Uh... Of course you did. It <laughs> 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 was pretty cool. Wait, I did think. you meet Mick Jagger? I would say Mick Jagger met you. Uh, right. I love you, dude. Yeah. So we were talking about Mr. T, but I, I got to tell you, because it pisses me off. Um, we're talking about Nassau Coliseum and Mr. T had leg dived me off the stage and um, so then uh, <laughs> I gotta include this you're gonna have to give me the time so now Mr. T wants to do an interview to really show me up and I'm doing my interview from New York and he's doing his from uh, from LA so Mr. T comes out and he's got a kilt on right and he's going Piper I pity the fool and he's got a rubber chicken in his hand, okay? I pity you nothing but a chicken, Piper. You nothing but a chicken. I pity you fool. I take you and he says, I'm going to pull your head off and he goes to pull the head off the chicken, but it was made by Ben Weeder, the expert <laughs> in chicken magic. And he goes, Piper, and he's sweating, but he doesn't want to look stupid, you know, which is really difficult not to do. Uh-huh. And he's pulling and so finally, he, <laughs> he goes down and he puts both his feet on the chicken and he's doing a deadlift with the rubber chicken's head and he pulls it up and the feet flip from underneath his feet and go, 
and I, I'm laughing so hard. It's like I don't need to do an interview, boss. You just, <laughs> you just keep rolling. That boxing match, so it was a magic day in professional wrestling that I know I have never seen happen before or since. And you were uh, Christian. You were telling me you were there when you were like seven or eight. Yeah. You know, thanks my, for that part. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my dad took me. It was my first thing I really remembered uh, as a wrestling. Yeah. I love that part. With yeah. As we'll get into that, but I'm going to tell you this segment. I got to get it out because I'm I'm going to get this pissed off part out, and then uh, Rob Piper's pissed. Then we'll bring Sal in if he's still here. Um, okay. So that night, the second round, I'm boxing Mr. T. And all of a sudden, and you know, like I, I whipped him on Saturday night's main event. I said something about him that I, I almost got us thrown off TV. Brandon Tartikoff. I don't even know if I should say it, but um, well, yeah, I'll say it. You know, I, I, I don't mean nothing by it except I said, you know, I thought slavery was a terrible thing, and it was. It was a horrible thing, and you know, and I'm glad it was abolished. And what's the first thing Mr. T did? Put chains around his neck. <laughs> Oh, baby, Jesus. Wow. Yeah, you know, Rod was rolling. and uh, Where did that bad blood between you guys really... Did that <laughs> did just did get started at that, at that... Did, did it that start with started that? started with me squeezing his head. Oh. Here's the thing. Mr. T had won a contest, said he was the toughest bouncer in the world. Mm-hmm. All right, and he was on the A-team, and it's like that Hollywood actor tough where they have enough Hollywood fights they actually think they can fight. Mm-hmm. And Mr. T came in with the attitude that, I, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. T. I'm the toughest bouncer in the world. Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. You got everybody here. Like Bob Orton one time, we're in a place and said, I'm going to go get the bouncer. And Bobby Orton says, get the bouncer. I ain't no fucking basketball. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, like, bouncers don't impress us a lot. All due respect to them. So, in, like, the second or third round in Nassau Coliseum, after I'd done all this stuff, all of a sudden, Roddy, Roddy. Mm -hmm. Roddy, and the whole building started chanting my name. I don't know why. And by the time it was over, I wanted him to make a move, Mr. T, so bad. I've been training with Lou Duva, with Tyrell Biggs, wow. uh, Holyfield, yeah, Spinks, I Braxton. Uh, I was in Reno for seven weeks training. I, I could have taken him out any second. And finally, in the, in the match, and they're getting... You see me pick up a stool, and I hucked it at him, trying to, and I took a chunk of meat out of his uh, out of his leg. I was I needed him to do something so I wouldn't get fired for taking him out. Right, and you know like he never. Anyway, they turned me into what you would say a good guy. The fans did. How good did that feel? Um, strange. Well, like Probably I, strange. Yeah, because like. Man, I had beat up everybody, and all of a sudden, you know, it was this. It was I, I tell young guys all the time, man. They go in there to wrestle, you know, and they think and they think, don't wrestle with your brain, wrestle with your heart. Mm. And I always gave 110, and I think those people finally actually saw what was going on. And Hogan got really upset. End of the fight. Hogan went, and all of a sudden, Roddy Piper's the biggest baby face in the WWF. <laughs> and Hogan went to McMahon and said, I'll just ride on his, I'll ride on his kilts. And I thought Hogan was pissed. And I got word. They were going to, hey, we'll take care of him. And so the next thing I did, WrestleMania three, I went and did They Live. And that's one of the reasons I did They Live, was because the establishment was coming down on me. I wouldn't take a dive because it was worldwide. 
and I had lunch boxes and all that stuff and kids to feed. And so, boom, I went and did They Live, and Vince was hated me for it, hated mm. me for it. And uh, it came out the number one hit. <laughs> Such a good movie. Yes, baby Jesus. And so uh, <laughs> I want to get to the T-shirt, but I got to, okay. I'm going to dress something. I'm going to dress it as a pro, and I'm going to try to do the best I can, but at the same time, it is what it is. All right. I'm going into Raw 1000. I want to read just a bit of something. This is called... Uh, it's a Bleacher Report. I don't know when this came out. Maybe uh, 2008, maybe. It says, Sad, sad day. WWE Hall of Famer Rowdy Roddy Piper may be gone soon. It has been reported over the past few days that WWE Hall of Famer Rowdy Roddy Piper has been pulled out of events citing serious illness. No, uh, no one even... Yeah, grade eight education. No one even, uh, uh, no one, not even Piper, really knew what was wrong. This led to a trip to the doctor, but he didn't leave with a smile. It is being rumored that he found out that his cancer had returned and is expected to be terminal. This means Piper will not be living with us much longer. Now, I want to tell you this: what happened? I was away from home when this came out. My wife. The florist that I had been using for 20 years, they delivered, I'll make it up because I don't know, like $500 worth of flowers with condolences to oh my, my wife. God. My little girl and boy went to, they're going to school. Kids coming up crying to them. <laughs> Hang on, man. Saying, we're really sorry to hear about you. That Ario, my second oldest daughter, her Facebook uh, people, and they can't find me. My kid, my family can't get a hold of me for another reason. Uh, and this rumor came out and destroyed my family. Not only uh, destroyed them for those two days, meaning it hurt them. They didn't. They thought their dad was dying. And they, their dad's the kind of guy he doesn't say, you know, dads don't say much. So uh, a lot of crying and a lot of scare went on. And it was completely, complete bullshit. Complete. Not a uh, nothing, okay, nothing. And I never told nobody about it. I never said nothing about it. And my family suffered for it because of this this person here. Now, I went to uh, Raw One Thousand. Now, when I when I get to Raw One Thousand, you know, uh, I, I get there and <clears throat> trying to find this here for you. <sighs> I get there, you know, they're really nice to me. Uh, I get all the uh, um, the divas, you know. They'll come up and they'll say, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Piper, how you doing? You know, we we miss you. And, and they're, they're really sweet to me. And I, I'm trying to pull this article up here while I'm talking to you. So you know what I'm going to do? Um, you just, if you want somebody to listen to something, don't say nothing. That's the secret of an interview. So you just stay where you are. Can't find this son of a bitch. So I'm talking to the divas. And uh, there it is. All right. <clears throat> now you got to understand that I started WrestleMania with Hogan and etc. All right. And uh, so when I come into the dressing room uh, and I had this shirt made. All right, and, and I'll get into it when Sal comes in. The coolest T-shirt 
in the world. I had Bret Hart design the thousand on the front and in Black Magic Marker. It's just a white t-shirt I had in my bo- in my, my grip. And on the back it said Family Reunion. And I got everyone, everyone there to sign it. And I told everyone there, I says, I would like you to sign this t-shirt because I want to wear it to the ring to show them how proud I am of you guys. And, I mean, The Rock come up, man. I, let's give some credit where credit's due. You know, he said to me, he comes over, man, and he said, you know, when I was a kid, you were my hero. Wow. And he was such a gentleman. And signed The Rock. He says, could we get a picture? And everybody is there. I'm just saying they're, they're so kind, okay? And the divas come up, and, you know, I'm talking to them all the time. And I got three daughters. You know, so like, hey... They're, they're real safe. I'm a big... All right, all right. Now, I, I get... I'll tell you the rest of, of Raw 1000 when uh, my pal Sal comes. So I'm in the air Tuesday flying home. I don't know what's going on. And it comes out that uh, I sexually harassed a diva. And it comes out on a report. I'm not going to mention nobody's names here, but I'm going to read this to you. Um, and, uh, so now you, un- you, you understand what my family went through when I had terminal cancer. Here we go. Tuesday here on, uh, on the website, we posted a rumor on Roddy Piper and a WWE, uh, diva. The story noted that there may have been an incident backstage at Thousandth Raw event where this lady was allegedly upset by some suggestive comments Mr. Piper, ha- uh, Mr. Piper may have made to her. Many of you likely caught wind by now of Mr. Piper's continuous tweets blasting myself and our website for the article. Mr. Piper has also claimed the story accused him of sexual harassment. And the claims I've made fun of people, and and Piper claims that, the guy that wrote this uh, article, claims that I make fun of people in wheelchairs. These claims are completely unfounded and outright untrue. In an update to our story, we were contacted by a source who worked for an independent contractor who was backstage at Raw this past Monday. For those of you not aware, independent contractors are hired from local cities to unload WWE trucks. So their source of information in, where was I, St. Louis, is some guy in St. Louis that doesn't have a buck. They say, hey, here's 20 bucks to unload the trucks. He said... That I sexually harassed or made the that I harassed a diva. I'll get into it, so I'm not making words up. Okay. Um, so as I said, uh, the those of you who don't know independent contractors are hired uh, to unload the trucks. The person contacted us, provided us with some information that coincided uh, with what we had been report reporting, i.e., WWE legends backstage portions of the creative script, etc. There was information given to us 100% proved he was backstage at Raw on Monday. Now, one of the pieces of information we received uh, from the aforementioned source, some giddy idiot unloading boxes for the day, uh, was reported that Roddy Piper was spotted talking to with numerous WWE divas, and in specific, this one lady angrily walked away from Piper after the two were speaking. When questioned further, the person told us it appeared that that lady was upset by something Mr. Piper had said to her during the conversation. All right. 
With that being said, we reported a story that purposely stated numerous times this was a rumor and could not be verified by the time the article went to, to print. The article only stated that there have been an incident at Raw involving uh, the legend and the WWE diva. The report stated the wrestling legend made some suggestive remarks towards the lady that made her uncomfortable. Now, what could you say to a lady other than sexual harassment, subject, subjective, or what is it? Uh, subje um, stick with me here, man. Um, suggestive remarks that made her uncomfortable. Okay. Again, we went out of our way to point out that this was, in fact, merely a rumor. It had been, in fact, and something a trusted source of ours had passed along to us that we would have also made clear in the publication. The fact that it wasn't prompted uh, the specific use of the word rumor, it was, sorry, it wasn't prompted the sp specific use of the word rumor and could not have been more clear by anyone who actually read the story. So this guy saying, because he said rumor, it makes life just wonderful. The following day, Mr. Piper made, uh, was made aware of the report and posted numerous tweets on his official account denying specifics within our article. We followed up as we always do and posted said tweets with Mr. Piper here on the website. We wanted to get his side of the story as well as to be fair and allow all sides of the story to be viewed equally. What story? From all perspectives involved, WWE lady responded to Piper later that night, and it was once again appeared that she was not upset by any events that may have occurred. We also posted her tweets here on the website, and again, all sides of the stories were given an amount of attention and promotion, and promotion... Promotion of me making the diva uncomfortable. There was absolutely no bias or slants or favoritism used to any particular angle or side of the story. Now, I need you to know something. I did nothing. Nothing. I would never, ever be less than a gentleman with any of those ladies. So, while I'm reading this, nothing, fucking nothing happened. When both talents involved in the story denied our report, we immediately pulled the article. As far as Mr. Piper's tweets are concerned, he's being fed substantial amount of inaccurate affirmation regarding myself, the story, and the website, and as a whole by certain fans of his. I have never bashed a handicapped person, someone in a wheelchair, which someone told me he did because I got on Twitter and I tried to find this guy because I don't know who said it. I'm trying to dig him down, and I am not a computer smart guy. Okay, so I just go, hey, who is it? Is it you? Is it you? I'm trying to find out. All right. As far as Mr. Piper's tweets are concerned, he's being fed a uh, substantial, and somebody said that this guy uh, bashed people in wheelchairs, okay? The article also never referred to Mr. Piper sexually harassing the WWE diva. Wait a second. Remarks that made her uncomfortable. Let me get down to it, all right? Uh, allegedly, the rumor was discovered to be untrue, at least according to parties involved themselves. Wait, apparently the, the alleged rumor was discovered to be untrue, at least according to the parties involved themselves. Like there's still a threat of truth to it? Are you fucking kidding me? Now, my family has read this. 
My little girl that goes to high school has read this. Go on. I ain't finished. Nah. The guy says, there are a number of ways. Uh, uh, just, uh, just a second. Thus far, I have remained unsuccessful in my attempts to reach him. I'll make another plea here. My email is this. Uh, he also sent a, uh, a DM to me via Twitter. There are a number of ways to get in contact with me. I'm not hiding despite claims to the contrary. Why am I getting in contact with you? You're accusing me. Now, as this guy goes on, I believe the correct way to resolve such an issue is in a direct man-to-man -man fashion. Amen, baby Jesus. But you didn't do that, did you? You put a rumor on your website to get hits. You didn't come to me as a man. Now, I'll explain one to you. TMZ. I did a real dumbass thing one time. TMZ got it. You know what they did? The morning that they were going to air it, they called me and gave me a heads up and said, we're airing this tonight if you want to make a statement, but we want you. You see, they as people, as t whatever TMZ you think of, they had the balls to call me. They just didn't put a fucking rumor up. That I sexually harassed. Oh, I, they didn't use the word sexually. I made uncomfortable. You read into it. Now. Now. Uh, we've openly stated many times that he has been a very entertaining and polite guest. What, what they don't say here is this fellow, when I was Twittering, started saying, Oh, Piper's drunk. Piper's Twittering drunk and high. We seem to leave that part out in there. That's a, it's an amazing part to me. And, and uh, trying numerous times to get a hold of Mr. Piper in 24 hours. Like I sit around my computer waiting for you, whoever you are, to get a hold of me after you said that. It says, um, uh, you know, just I don't want to keep ranting about this thing. Uh, why do we post this? To prove we have no agenda against Mr. Piper. We have no agenda against anyone in the business. Everyone we do is above board. Again, nothing to hide. Again, nothing was done. You didn't come to me man to man. And even when you quote each party said nothing, then, well, we assumed maybe. You assume. You make an ass of you and me. Terminal cancer. Fuck you two. Fuck you. Because you don't give a shit about my family. You don't care about my little girl going to school. You want to be a tough guy and put on your fucking website. And then you accuse me. You piece of snot. You accuse me of doing this to have some kind of hypes so I can get more fucking Twitter hips. Hits. You out of your fucking mind, man. You picked on the wrong guy. And all the fans all of a sudden started looking at and said, you know, in closing, we will apologize one more time. You know, it's like this. I don't know if you got any little kids. But here's what the thing that pisses me off the most. You guys, you take and take and take from my business, but never once 
do you give anything back? You don't fill an arena. You don't go to a child's hospital and say hi to him, make him feel good. All you do is you try to find the scum to report so you can put on your website. Once it's put down, rumor, do you know how hard it is to eliminate that from the minds of the people that heard it? Now, when I said you make fun of people in wheelchairs, you got all upset about that. Hey, it's a rumor. Matter of fact, you know what? Five minutes ago, the Prime Minister of England got shot and died, according to the rumor. You fucking geek. You know, the Internet is something any asshole can have an opinion. But here's the difference. You write about it, I go do it. And I'm sure there's going to be a ton more mistakes I'm going to make that you can jump on. But I would ask you as a man, if you want man to man, next time call me. I'm not hard to find. Call me and ask me. I'll tell you the truth every fucking time. You cast this kind of shadow on a guy, I'm one of the last of the real breed that made this fucking business so you could bring a living home to your family. And would I say anything about your family? No. No. And I got the professionalism not even to mention your name. So those who know, know. Those who don't, they don't. Now, I could go on and really, really tear you a new asshole. Because like, I'm not even on a one and I go to 18. But because... The show is supposed to be a fun show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back off, and I'm gonna try to do it this way. I'm not gonna say the guy's name out of respect for you and your family. And I, I never conduct myself in front of a lady like that. I take great offense to it. But you gotta remember, okay, son, when you put this stuff down, hey, I'm in the bun, the blood, and the dirt. You know. For me, I guess you're going to criticize me. You know, it's fair game. You're hurting my kids. And it's been three or four times that I've never, ever once said anything about it. So I've, I've said it now. And you know what? I forgive you. I, I, I forgive you. And I hope you do great. And I hope you go and hug your kids. We got to break them up because I'm getting fucking tired of this shit. I hope you hug your kids. And I hope all your dreams come true. And I would never ever on my worst day do something like that to you when you say you've had me on your radio station you make it sound like you're doing me a favor bullshit anytime I'm on anybody's radio station they get ratings and you know that for a fact I'm gonna back off I'm gonna ask you as a man from now on have the balls to call me and I'll tell you the truth but this kind of journalism, there's guys out there, wrestlers, that don't have the voice I have. Moving on. Uh, you have no idea how much damage you've done, man. Uh, but, <laughs> speaking of people that have no ideas, my pal Sal is here. <laughs> and I'm sure... I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say. You know, so can we go to a break? And when we come back, my pal Sal Kimmel is going to be here. That's the rumor. I don't know. I heard he's a nun now.
You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Saturday night, August 25th. It's the hottest party to hit the West Valley since, well, ever. Heidi and Frank, after hours, live at the Canyon Club. You're doing shows out in the garage? This is classy. <laughs> See Heidi, Frank, Smees, and their cast of characters doing their live stage show. You know I mean? There's nothing like watching water run down this body. <laughs> Plus, the Tasty Thieves will rock the house. Heidi and Frank, after hours, live at the Canyon Club. Saturday night, August 25th. Doors open at 6, show starts at 7. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster or CanyonClub.net. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. <laughs> Baby Jesus, I got books to give away. We, ha, I was with my wife and like my son's got this really cool Mustang that he fixes up. Been there for years, and all of a sudden behind it was like all these crates of books we didn't know we had. So go to RowdyRoddyPiper.com, and I don't know how many's left, but you go ahead and you can have one, and I'll sign it for you. And we're going to give uh, three books away while we're here, and now it's going to get exciting. <laughs> uh, you know, holy cow, my pal Sal. Now, uh, I got to tell you, um, do you know Sal? Have you met Sal Kimmel ever, Christian? No, just first time tonight. Uh, okay, yeah. so my pal, um, the way I met my pal was like this. I get a call, right, and it's... Jimmy Kimmel, and he says, uh, you know, Roddy, uh, would, you, would you come to uh, my cousin's birthday party? <laughs> oh, Jimmy, I'm not quite doing bar mitzvahs yet, you know. <laughs> you know but, you know, and he told me this. He said, Sal Kimmel used to, I love him, I think he's from the Bronx or Queens or, you know, uh, someplace he gave a bad reputation to, and he used to, he used to, as a little boy, put a kilt, a hot rod t-shirt on, 
Get on this. This is when they hated me the most. Get on the subway to Penn Station. Crawl his little bum up from Penn Station to Madison Square Garden while everybody was Hulkamaniacs and root the hell out for me. (laughs) And when Jimmy told me this, it's the only I got on an airplane and I flew down and I surprised the first time I ever saw him and I surprised him. And it's been one of the best friends I have ever, ever had uh, from a wrestling fan to a friend. Ladies and gentlemen, now introducing 210 pounds from New York City, Mark Sam. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Wow. <laughs> this is great. Oh, man. I bubble gum for everyone. <laughs> 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 Can I have one right now? Yeah, I've got three. Yes, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, let's spread this out. Yeah. I was Thank out of gum there. <laughs> Holy cow. Hey, by the way, congratulations. I heard uh, you uh, fooled around with Mae Young. At- <laughs> well, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I got raped by Moolah, but you know, that's reverse singing <laughs> <Exactly>. there. <laughs> Why don't they write about that? No kidding, man. Ah, oh, my pal. You know, I was just telling them that, uh, what was it like? To, how old were you when you used to get on the subway? And I was, um, I don't want to one-up uh, Christian here, but I was also <laughs> at WrestleMania too, with a uh, kilt and boxing gloves. And uh, and I gotta tell you, actually, I was I went to the garden like you said, and you ride the subway and had a kilt on when you had San Martino in Piper's Pit, Holy and I had God. sections of people booing me. And I, was, <laughs> I, I said, there is nothing better than this. You He's, get on one knee in front of the section and and do the hot rod, or you were making fun of Snooker back then. He started yeah. the chant at WrestleMania I, too. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that was me. <laughs> is that how that's how Holy happened. cow! And then you had to ride the subway back with a kilt on. I mean, that was uh, the hard baby, part. You know, you, uh, was that when I was with Bruno Sammartino? Yeah, that was one of the times. You know, yeah. that night with Bruno Sammartino, I you look at Bruno and I, you know, I got him thinking, I don't know what I'm going to say, and I go, you know, Bruno, on the way here, I got a flat tire. And the whole way it went, whop, whop, whop. The, the comb over stood straight up, and the eyes bit. Do you remember that? I remember, and I watched it recently. I watched back. I, and being God. Italian, I had mixed uh, emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing the coat now. That's what counts. And you yeah. used to do that. Did you actually get down? You got oh, to, yeah. You had to get. And Sal is a good amateur wrestler. I'm not kidding. I'm uh, fair. I'm okay. Yeah. Who, who did you wrestle for? Uh, John Glenn High School and uh, intramurally in college, but that wasn't. But you taught me everything I needed to know getting into that match. Roddy, uh, there wasn't anything fake about our training sessions. He had me in the, the real sleeper hold. I went to I went out for a little bit. Yeah, and, you were uh, a trooper. I gotta tell yeah. you, you are a game rooster. Uh, Not to compare you to Terry Taylor, but <laughs> you, you excel. Uh, I took him in the ring, and yeah. you know. You gotta remember now. I don't really know Sal, and I come from the old school, and I'm in there, and like we're circling, and I'm looking at him, and he's looking yeah. at me. He's trying to get a leg dive on me. Right. Oh yeah, he is. he's not afraid. <laughs> no, and so I threw a straight left. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and still he he got in there, and we were training for uh, what was the kid's name? Uh, Santino. Santino, which is a, another. He, Santino's a good judo player and a, and a great performer. 
And uh, two-time champion now. I feel like I should get a, a match in there somewhere since I pinned him. He went did. on to be Intercontinental <laughs> champ. And we were. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I, I choked Sal out. Oh, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> it's not good. You, didn't know you ever do going. whippets in, in college and high school? You go. Uh, you could say yes. Cartridges, <laughs> <laughs> and you just go out for like. It's great. It's it's a stroke and a heart attack at the same time. <laughs> Were you one of these? Were you one of these guys though that were saying like, "Come on, Rod, just just choke me out because I want to get choked out by Hot Rod"? Or, I wasn't expecting it, okay. nor, nor did I think it was real. I really did. You I really? Like, you no, really I didn't. I didn't. I was like, you know, because nah, uh, you see it sloppily applied in, in wrestling matches sometimes, and yeah, you know, yeah. and it, it it varies. But I heard a rumor too that <laughs> I love this one too. I heard a rumor uh, from uh, you know sources. Uh, it's a rumor. Oh. It's just a rumor from. Oh, let's a, go. Let's uh, put it know, on billboards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't reveal the source. Jimmy Kimmel uh, said that after I hit Snooker with a coconut, yeah. you got out the next day and got coconuts and tried to break coconuts. I did. I took. <laughs> I was outside hitting nature. And by the way, it was like Happy Days. When Fonzie got the uh, library card, the library cards went up like 900% the next day. Same thing with coconuts and rye after he had snuck up. Everyone I knew, every 13-year-old, went to the market and bought a oh. coconut and pounded it against a tree, and uh, they did not break. Uh -huh. <laughs> they don't break. You got... <laughs> you got yeah. to have a Fijian head. That's what That's you it. forgot. Exactly. Did you cut that at all, that coconut, or was that straight like when you uh -oh. hit it? Not, not at all. No, so I, don't, I don't know. I don't okay, know that story I told, at all. But you got to understand, I, I'm in a warehouse in Allentown or yeah, Allentown, Allentown Pennsylvania, and I got Schnooker. Now, Schnooker, he's got, he says three things. <laughs> you know, brother. Yeah. I got two minutes and 54 seconds with them. It's right. the second Piper's Pit. You know, brother. I just said to somebody, go give me stuff from Fiji. I need props. And they always ask me, where'd you get the coconuts? Hanks. Safeway. <laughs> Harrisburg does not have a special breaking coconut shop. <laughs> and when they brought the coconuts and bananas and, and the pineapples, like it was maybe a half hour before I'm going on. And so I'm trying to make, you know, the bananas, bananas, what's that got? There? Okay, you're a monkey, you go up and down the tree like a banana. And I'm kind of throwing the things, and he's just looking at me. Hmm. And, and I'm looking at the schnook, you know, and, and then I, I get out the pineapples, and it was a pretty weak correlation, but it's like the women there, round in the middle and furry on top. But yeah, okay, <laughs> it was a throwaway, you know. And the coconuts, I started dropping them on the table. Now, I, I'm from Saskatoon. I have not handled a lot of coconuts. And when they, they boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And I look up at Jimmy like, are you sure? Because I just figured it was Chief Jay Strongbow. Right. Because Chief Jay said to me, why don't you hit him with a coconut just in passing? Wow. And I'm dropping these coconuts, but I'm live, live, okay? And the cameraman behind me is going, you know, 30 seconds, you know, 15, come on. And I'm looking at him. And my justification for it was, just like, he's looking at me like, you know, brother. Okay, I know. And he had that um, headband around. Jimmy had that little yeah. shell head. Yep. Well, that was a head guard for me. <laughs> you know? uh. and, I and I reared back like Nolan Ryan <laughs> as hard as I could. And I nailed that schnooker. That coconut. 
pow! And what, what happened, though, the schnook went back, and he, <laughs> he took down the whole Piper's Pit set, which exposed the fact behind was like two meat packers and Dolly puppies. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell is going on here? You know, it's the Deepsters, you know? What the hell is going on here? And... Uh, and then I thought I killed him. You were very concerned. You only whipped him for like a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, wow. I was like, this guy feels bad. There's a lot of remorse here. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, people think that I was being mean. I was saving lives, my own. Right, right. Because he was getting up. And the truth matter be, if you know, if you remember it, there was a big industrial door where my dressing room was. Mm -hmm. And as I was whipping, I was backing up. And I got in that dressing room, and like all the tough guy stuff went away because I have my shoulder against that door, and there was cement here. I have my foot on that wall, and I was like, a boom! The indentation of a Fijian. Yeah. And, uh, holy cow. How long after did you take before you knew he was okay? Or, or they, It's probably not okay, but. You know what? <laughs> it, 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 it hurt him. Yeah. It, I was told that. Uh, in the in the in his dressing room, he just stared, mm. and for like twenty minutes, he he wouldn't like, hey Jimmy, hey, hey brother, you okay? And nothing, nothing, and like they don't take you to the hospital back in those days. Yeah, that right. Wasn't part of the our hospital plan. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, was some white jock tape and uh, yeah. Percocet. And, uh, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so here's the problem, though. After doing that. I had to wrestle his ass about 40 times. Oh, yeah. And I got fights with him in, in Chicago in the hallway, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, wow. Jimmy's going through a hard time back then because Jimmy was so over with the people that when Hogan came in, they couldn't get Hogan higher than Jimmy. Hmm. And do you still remember the cage match with uh, Christian? Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> pardon me, the bra, I don't know how high that cage is in the garden. It's got 25 feet, I'm guessing. Yeah. And he got on the corner of that and got his little monkey toes wrapped around the, the corner of the cage. He did a full squat, and he come up and put them arms up, and then he arched like a swan. Yeah. Then he did like a squat, and whoa, most amazing cameras and landing on Morocco. Morocco couldn't walk for three weeks. He Charlie horsed him so bad, mm. but he lost the match. Yeah, Morocco, he head-butted Morocco. Morocco flies out of the cage, almost by accident. Is that what it was? Was that and for then, the title? The Intercontinental yeah. title? Right. And then Snooker yeah. brings him back in and then does the... the As, okay, and so Morocco had won the match. Right. And now, yeah, uh, and so that had happened to Jimmy. There was an alleged... Um, Thing that happened at a hotel, you know, that was also uh, um, rumor. A rumor, yeah. yeah. And you know what we're going to do? We won't say it <laughs> because we don't know if it's true. And uh, so after all this happened to him, like McMahon with a sense of humor, he's like, "Give him the Piper," you know, yeah. like you know, kind of like, kind of like Mikey, you know. Uh, he had a thing Mr. with Ray T. Stevens too. Or Ray Stevens piled drove him on the the crippler, concrete, like, crippler, like. I know it was before Ray Morocco, Stevens yeah. was a great yeah. guy. You know what Ray Stevens? Oh, baby Jesus, Ray <laughs> Stevens. I spent a lot of time 
turpentine and dandelion wine. I turn the corner and I'm doing fine. Picking off birds on the telephone line. Picking them off with this gun of mine. I got a fire in my head and a fire in my belly going higher and higher till I'm dead. So I'm behind Ray Stevens, all right? And Ray's got his wife Carol with him. And this is back in the Charlotte territories. There's a lot of dark roads. And we pull over to take a pee because we were drinking a lot of Gatorade. And uh, <laughs> we had the same kind of cars and we saw Ray go by us. So, and Ray loved his Crown Royal. So, Mick Martell's in the passenger seat, and I'm driving, and I say, all right, I got that red kilt out, and I had a, a, a light, like a spotlight for alligators. It's another story, but, uh, and if you wrap that red kilt around that spotlight and clicked it on, and I hit the high, it looked just like a cop car. <laughs> so, wow. I got, all right, Rick, are you ready? And Rick hits that light, and I hit the bright. And I come, and Ray's pulling over, and you see the bottle. Shoot, Crown Royal go out. <laughs> a couple glasses go out. And the boy, I can't remember who was in the back seat, but he had his pants off and ready. He had his ass out the window <laughs> to moon Ray, but Ray was with his wife. I didn't know oh, that. No. So we go by, and like, ha, 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 ha. You know, we're funny guys, and we're just kind of driving, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, Ray's on our ass with the car and I'm going about 75 and he starts pushing me and he's pissed and here's the rules don't step on a brake because we're all going to die all right. and it was those little Charlottetown he scared me so bad he must have pushed me for 20 minutes through towns where it would go you know like you know 40, 30, 20 you know, and he pushed my ass I never ever Messed with Ray Stevens again. That was it, huh? Yeah. Uh, he had a pit bull named Willie Nelson. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. And the only dog fight I ever went to. Uh, the way it happened, uh, I got you here. I want you to talk. Please. Go ahead, no, I don't hear? care. I want to hear about it. Well, okay. I've only been in one dog fight in my life. And this is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it's like, oh, it's about 4.30 in the morning. And all these, uh, Cars all of a sudden come from one place in this big shopping plaza, and they're all waiting. And all of a sudden, this uh, pickup truck just comes, warm, warm, and it's out and it's on. And people are following, choom, choom, choom. And we wind up in the middle of nowhere, but there's pits, there's for cockfights. Um, uh, Justin, you'd like that. And there's uh, <laughs> that was a shot, huh, Rod? That was a Sorry shot. That. And, uh, and for and for and for dog fights. Okay, so now this was the, the thing. There was a there was an Indian guy, and we make bets while the fights going. Everybody packed back then. And so what what <laughs> what? But no, but no. What Ray did? The dog Willie Nelson. It loved Carol Ray's wife so much. When the dog, like the dog's got a scratch, so they're holding the dogs. Ray would have Carol move around and go in the corner of the other dog, so Willie Nelson felt like he was defending Carol. Wow! And Willie now, and so okay, so this dog fight, these fights go like fifty minutes and stuff. Jesus. And I and the guy, the Indian, tried to back out on the bed, and I had, to, well, you know, I had to get the money. But <laughs> I I, I, I tell you the truth, though, you know what? I never ever has been to a dog fight again it's the cruelest yeah. cruelest thing and like there's no place in life for it mm -hmm. but talk about game people and game dogs and this dog Willie Nelson uh, he was like some dogs that, uh, you know it's, it's too much on dogs I don't want people to get off and I'm just saying that uh, 
His buddy Frenchie, who was Andre's guy, little Frenchie, we're in the back of the Days Inn on Tuckasegee Drive. Schnook's there and everything. Frenchie's got a Winchester, and he's, that's where that song comes. He's picking off the telephone lines with the Winchester, and it's, it's Sunday morning, and we're all going, and Jimmy Schnooker comes out in the balcony, and he's happy because he doesn't have the afternoon shot. And the, the broadest hair's all over, and it's a corner, and as we're coming the corner, there's the bra waiting, but he couldn't see. We're trying to warn him. Coming the other way was his wife. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh. oh turpentine and dandelion wine. <laughs> there was no the texting back then. <laughs> that was the easiest way. No, but with the horn, we're going beep, 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 beep. It's so subtle. It's subtle. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so then with Sal. I, I got I I give him so much credit because what he had to do was he, I trained him, and then in front of what was it the Staples Center? Yeah, about nineteen thousand. Staples Center, nineteen thousand people. Wow. Mm. So now I bring Sal to awesome. the arena, <laughs> and like they didn't they didn't not that they didn't like Sal, but the idea of they're going to wrestle an outsider was definitely part of the air. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took Sal to the seats by himself, and I just wanted to reassure him. And I just said, you know, this guy's going to kick your ass, so you know, yeah. <laughs> just go with it. No, <laughs> I, I said, and you know what, Sal, he didn't bat an eye, and he got in that ring, and he did everything. He he was perfect, and he got him up in a in a, in a, a airplane spin, wow. and wow. yeah, and ended up. Uh, Winning the match, and you know, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Undefeated. Undefeated. And then he quit. He's the smartest. Right? Now, this is a guy also that has won the Emmy yeah. for writing, okay? And has gone in the biggest league just one time, boom, came out, won that match. And he's my pal, Sal. That's and amazing. I, oh, yeah. I have to now, say, you guys, this, he, clean cut. He, God bless you. You, you look and sound great, and I hope you feel good. Cause, uh, Thanks, pal. A few years ago, this was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get into I was it. wrestling his keys from him in the parking lot of the Roosevelt Hotel. And uh, I did not win that match. <laughs> and neither did his car. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping over right, tables. Bye. I tell you, yeah, yeah, we had a great time. But he got me back and stuck my ass in a comedy store for a year and a half. <laughs> so I was a great writer, and I wanted to do a Broadway show, yeah. and I still do. And um, I'm still going to have my, you know, the, I don't know personally of anybody that's a better punch-up writer than Sal. Oh, that's nice. And I think, it, well, no, I think it shows itself because... Uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's show is great. I don't know how many seasons now. Uh, we're coming on ten years, and uh, wow, wow. Are you kidding me? Yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, it's a long time. And remember when Mickey Rourke was on? Yeah, and uh, we were on with him. Uh, yep. We were on with Mickey, and that was because of you. Yeah, that was because of you. Because I said, "Oh, please, please let me be on." You know, I'm no, living in no, a trailer. No. And uh, no, you made that segment. Uh, yeah, and then, but then, jeez. So now they got me choking out every Joe, Tom, and Harry, and I'm over Jimmy's house. The only time I've ever been invited to Jimmy's house, by the way. Not another invitation. And stay out of that area. Uh, So anyway, I'm giving, there's this guy, Weinstein. (laughs) And we love Weinstein, but Weinstein, you know, made me stand in line for yogurt for 45 minutes for his cat. And, you know, and finally, Sal, we're, it's football day, and Sal says, choke him out, choke him out. 
Ah, come on, do you want? All right, so I choke him up. So I come on the Jimmy Kimmel show. What do they show? Me choking out Weinstein. Which that was is, the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John Popper of Blues Travelers were there, and it, yeah. and it got me thinking. Like, and they were, he was fascinated with it, and everyone was there. And I said, "There's got to be a way." And I still think we could do this. Will you choke? One celebrity out a week, a month, I don't know we what We try it to is. get a club going. Yeah. A choke-out club. I think it'd be great. Yeah, that would be you awesome. Know, it's unbelievable. People come up and say, would you choke me out? Yeah. <laughs> they want to, you know, I got insomnia, night problems, I can fix them for you. <laughs> you know, but, and then one time we're at the Roosevelt with Uncle Gene. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, Jake the Flake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jake, um, what's Jake's last name? Lentz. Lentz, yeah. Jake, Jake Lentz, who... Jake Lentz wrote with Sal and right. um, helped him out, and now is a doctor, being a doctor. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, what is that? A subpoena? What <laughs> <they> <laughs> you know, Bobby, you know Bobby Hayden said. <laughs> he says, uh, "I asked Piper. Says, uh, well, what do you do after a sentence?" Says Piper said, "Parole." <laughs> <laughs> I got a caller on six. I'm supposed to take callers. I'm right, not yeah. great at this stuff. I hope it's a question for you, Sal. He's got a hot hat on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, here we go. <laughs> Just for this could be anyone. There you go. Suicide hotline. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hello, sir. Oh my God! I'm really on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First, where are you where are you call, where are you calling from? Oh, Springfield, Illinois, sir. Holy cow! What's your first name? My name's Mike. It's a pleasure, Mike. It's a pleasure. You're oh, with uh, no, the pleasure is all mine, sir. <laughs> Very all cool. Mine. Very cool. What's going on in Springfield? Um, well, we had we had some rain for a hot minute, but that was about it. That was about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how how old are you, bud? Um, I'm on. I'm as old as my nose, and a little bit older than my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm <Very> nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, did you have a question? Yes, I did. Um, uh, oh, God. It's, <laughs> I, I can't believe You're I'm older than you think. My roommate's going to hate me. Okay. My roommate's going to hate me. I get to talk to you. Um, I already I, uh, hate you. I only know you. <laughs> <laughs> people want me to hate me. It's, it's, it's usually that way with babies. They'll scream or laugh. I don't know what's going on. Have you ever, what's, what's the, the, the worst legit fight that you have ever seen backstage? Oh, holy cow. That's, that's uh worst legit fight. Man, oh, man. That's how you, I... I oof. Ray the Crippler's dog, Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adrian and uh, the Sheik uh, tied into it. You know, when I go to Newfoundland, I'm going to stop where Adrian... Where Adrian uh, passed and pay my respects when I'm there. They're going to they're show oh, me that spot. Nice. Um, uh, I t I'll tell you one. Here's one. We're in the Marlboro Hotel in, in Winnipeg, Canada. And Mad Dog Vachon was, uh, I don't know, he, after he had beat the living daylights out of me, he, uh, he wanted me to live with him for a long time. You know, like a week was a long time with Mad Dog Vachon. <laughs> and, you know, I, every time he, he had one name for me. Hey, you, cocksucker. <laughs> I swear to you. You know, hey, cocksucker. Yes, sir. Can I help you? <laughs> and so, Everybody's in the bar. There's Dusty Rhodes, Superstar Billy Graham, uh, Greg Gagne, all those guys. I'm just, you know, I'm just a moron, you know. I'm really young, and uh, there was some organized crime guys that stayed in the same hotel. So down in the bar, 
it, somehow one of the organized crime guys, one of the wrestlers drank his drink, basically. Hmm. Okay, so he goes upstairs to tell the big boss still whatever's going on, right? So the big boss comes down, <laughs> and uh, he looks around the room, and there's superstar Billy Graham, you know, 28-inch arms or whatever, you know, and um, Dusty Rhodes, American Dream, son of a plumber, and, <laughs> and, and, and all these guys, Crusher, and, and there's little Mad Dog, you know. <laughs> so he's trying to pick his victim, you know, and he goes, points to Mad Dog, this organized crime guy, goes, did you drink my buddy's drink? And Mad Dog didn't have a clue what he's talking about. Yes, cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> and Mad Dog, I swear to you. Now, wait, Mad Dog waist lo uh, locked him and drove him back, but there was these big pillars in, it was an old-style hotel, and as he drove him back, Mad Dog caught his own head on the pillar and oh. split it wide open, but they went out of the bar into the, um, uh, the foyer, and... The foyer. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't think of the lobby, so I used foyer. So now, <laughs> so now, Mad Dog. Mad Dog is one of the toughest street fighters uh, I've ever met, and uh, he taught me how to take an eye out. You know, guys talk about you know I took his eye out and all this kind of crap. That's so much baloney because to take an eye out, an eye's got four uh, ligaments or tendons there, and you gotta get behind them, and then you gotta snap pull them to get them out. <laughs> so, but Mad Dog's hot now because Jeez. his head's bleeding hard, and he's on top of this guy, and he's taking his eye out. Ugh. And this guy is screaming. Wow. Screaming, man. And, I, you know, I'm standing there, now Butcher Vachon, his brother, and Rene Goulet, <laughs> are standing with their arms crossed, looking at the mad dog. <laughs> and Rene Goulet looks at Paul Vachon and says, I'm not going to stop him. <laughs> Let's go back and have a drink. <laughs> and they did. And wow. this guy screaming. At that same time, one of the other organized guys comes running to nail Mad Dog, and I'm the only guy left. And I just, from Mad Dog teaching, snatched him and broke his arm. And Mad Dog, all of a sudden, he goes, Oh, cocksucker. <laughs> you saved a mad dog, cocksucker. <gasps> and he grabbed me, and he hugged me, and brought me in the bar. <laughs> and then he brought me to New Brunswick, where made me run in the ocean with construction boots on. One time we're running, and he just stops, squats down, takes a poop, the log comes up. I'm running, looks at me, and goes, Mad dog, good name for me. Oh, yeah, can we just keep running? <laughs> so that was one, you know. Uh, he saved his life, and he couldn't even change your nickname. But he had a <laughs> 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 well, I told you how I got the nickname. That would be a whole other, uh, that's a whole other piece of work. Listen, we got books to give away, 888-520-4374. Um, we don't answer, but go ahead and call. Uh, Twix, we got Sal, my pal, Kimmel. Um, we got uh, Steve, Christian, Harloff, and a whole bunch of other really cool stuff. We're going to talk about Raw 1000 and the coolest T-shirt in the world. <laughs> You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. If you didn't check out the Heidi and Frank show this week, well, you didn't get to hear this. I was in a play, and uh, I was in a play with my friend Murray Langston, the unknown comic. And uh, Exorcist Chick. Linda Blair. Linda Blair yeah. wanted to get in my pants. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, okay, Linda. <laughs> the Heidi and Frank Show. 
live every day from 10 to noon on the Toad Hop Network. Or you can hear them whenever you want by becoming a VIP and getting unlimited access to all the fun at HeidiandFrank.com. Listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. I've been married 30 years. I don't know why to shower anymore. You know? uh, oh, my back? Oh, holy cow. This is so cool. I, you know what? It's really, becoming, it's really becoming like old home week. They're trying to get these guys in here. So I got my pal Sal here. I got uh, my manager, Justin Edbrook. Uh, I got Steve Simone. I got Christian Harloff. From the Schmoes, and all of a sudden, two guys surprised me. And now, this man here, Askar, he plays in a band called Public Jones, and they're really a great band. We played at the Viper Room we did. together. I yeah, played the electric bagpipes. You can see it on YouTube. Yep. And, you know, he allowed me like a good minute and a half and then get off and then, <laughs> you know, so, and then. Excuse me. We had to drag you off, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he actually stood we, in front of us and wouldn't let us play. We, we, were, we were drinking back then. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, this man here. Mwah, you gotta get, there's a the camera right there. Get a, get a look at that mug. Look at that. <laughs> this guy, okay, both these guys. 
I don't know what year was. This this gentleman here is one of the finest uh, surgeons in America, period. I, I know to Well, fixing me, you are. Wow. And he put this bicep back together. But you see, the skin hangs because <laughs> they didn't trust me to keep the cast on. So he put a cast that must have weighed 150 pounds on, so I couldn't get the damn thing off. Yeah. But the <laughs> arm has never they worked. They told me we have to treat you like an animal. <laughs> you talked to Vince McMahon too? <laughs> My wife? They said treat him like an animal because I had just got to know you then. Yeah. And, and they said he's really crazy. He's not gonna listen to anything that you say. <laughs> so just treat him like you treat like a wild. Bird. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. Like a silverback. Yeah. Like a silverback. Like a silverback. So then, then I get in real trouble. Well, I was in trouble then, and, and Ascar fixed me up. And then I get in real trouble. I broke my neck, and I didn't know I broke it for a while. But like it was, it was hurting a long time. And <laughs> walks I had around to go with a broken like, neck. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, how long were you walking around with a broken neck? Oh, That's like insane. maybe four months or five months. Oh really? <laughs> you know, if I stub my toe. If I stub my toe. By the way, I was walking around with a broken neck. That's, that's very common. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were being sincere there. <laughs> ah, I'm so lame. So, um, I, I tell Askar, you know, geez. And he takes some pictures and he goes, you know, you need to see the best that we have. But I didn't and tell this, him about the gorilla thing. Yeah, you didn't talk about the grill. I said, I got a nice guy I'm going to send you. <laughs> and, like, this gentleman here, Nick Shammy, he is the head of orthopedics of UCLA. He's like a... He's Grand a, Poobah. He's the genius. Thanks he's, for the promotion. He's, <laughs> he's a genius. <laughs> and my boss know. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know that yet. He doesn't know the head. He doesn't know you're the head. tomorrow. <laughs> well, like, you got a lot of clout there, okay, uh, baby? He's actually a janitor, really. <laughs> yeah, well, you let the janitor operate on my neck? Um, it was an experiment. So, it was an experiment. Yeah, my whole life has been. What will happen here? And so... Nick gets in there, and I remember before, like, they're trying to put me out. But apparently, if you drink a lot, it's harder to put you out. And so he asked me to count from 100 backwards and two, one. <laughs> now, what do you want me to do? <laughs> no, no. So he gives me, and I grab him. I say, Nick, I said, Nick, if you've got to put screws in there, put extra ones. Do everything. And for six and a half hours, Nick Shammy operated on my neck. Put seven screws in it and got me up, and he's like a s saint between these guys. No, like all, all bullsh oh, excuse me, all stuff aside, all kidding aside. You know, you don't really appreciate men like this until you're in that situation. And I promised wow. Nick that I would come back to UCLA to the kids' hospital and pay a visit, and this is a good launching pad yeah. for it uh, to go back and say hi. But like. And the way I Buddy, make, uh, this, I'm here because I haven't seen you since surgery. I was wondering what happened to you. <laughs> so I'm here to do a well, check. Can I check your wound here and make sure it's healing? You know, you could, you could, it could still be broken. I'm I don't so know. depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and Asgard didn't here. warn me about you. He, he usually sends me patients who are compliant. I don't have uh, to chase him down all over the country uh, and do a checkup on him. I, said, I just said he has a few emotional problems. <laughs> <laughs> Just go along I with said it and to, treat him like a like an ordinary guy. I said to Nick, I said, so like you know, how long can I be up in like a, a month? He says six months, three and a half weeks. I was out again, <laughs> but he said I'd rather have a guy that 
I have to hold back than when I got a kick in the ass. Well, you know, I had to work out of that six and a half hours that you said. Yes. Five hours of it was just pushing your muscles aside so I can find the spine. <laughs> I love you too. So all the all the years of workout and wrestling has done was, was really it, good justice to your Was muscles. it nasty in there? Tell me the truth. Was it was it? pretty bad arthritis. Pretty and, bad and the fracture was pretty bad too. But uh, <laughs> Asgar described it beautifully to me, so I knew what I, what to expect. Okay. And, and, and you've done amazingly well. I'm really happy to see you and thanks, how well man. you're doing. I, I, you guys are great. And seven screws. And you know what he told me too after the end? He says, and I tell you what, I put the Cadillac of screws in there That's for it. you too. <laughs> and uh, they just, like people are just I mean, dropping by. He went to Home Depot for that too. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> 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 you got the gold ah, ah, one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Public Jones is the band. Ascar Hussein is with, and Ascar is out of Rancho Cucamonga, which is a really cool name. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Although I think there was a bad joke on Entourage about that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am in Pasadena, but that's okay. Are you in Pasadena? Yeah, I can't claim you're, I'm in Rancho. You're moving up now, huh? No, no, because there have been a lot of bad jokes. I.E. is... is, is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like the fact, it, it's, it's becoming, the show is becoming... Like Steve Simone says, everybody's cause hanging around and having fun. <laughs> and Sal, you know Sal is an Emmy Award winning writer. Uh, they don't care. Head, they don't give a shit. Jimmy Kimmel Are show. you the head of UCLA also? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> orthopedic, so. Isn't, aren't you the head of orthopedic? He being, he's um, being modest. I, I will but be tomorrow. I, 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 did, I did say to him, I said, listen, when are you going to have a steady hand? And he said to me, I'm going over to Europe. I'm bringing my family. I'm going to be about a week and a half. I'll drink a little red wine. I'll be fine when I, I get back. I will be head of orthopedics if you show me some wrestling tricks because i got to take the guy down. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll take him down for you. Okay. <laughs> I love you with all my heart. I'm really glad you came by. Thank and you stick for the around. opportunity. And we'll do that thing for the kids. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a little problem with the lungs he, now. He told me from day one. He told me from day one that he wants to be with the kids. He wants to inspire yeah. them. Yeah. And that's what the spirit of this guy. The has. kids are going to have to come here, yeah. though. He's very. No time in this guy for the great seeing you, man. I'll see you soon. Take care. Good to see you. Thank you so much. Nice to see you. Great guys. Holy cow! This is really cool. Really, <laughs> you know, it's like you guys gotta understand. These guys, they're like the best of the best of what they do, and they sell. should stick around. You'll probably choke someone out. Don't <laughs> <laughs> go too far. We're well, we're again, we're we were trying to start that club, right? The choke out. Club. I think you know another way to do it is I had a lot of stupid ideas, and and uh, <laughs> not, not the you. worst of which was. Uh, <laughs> You know the the movie the uh, the aristocrats where every yep. they have a hundred yep. comedians tell the same joke. I thought we could do it that way with the choke out, and you basically you, you show the ten minutes leading up, the ten minutes after the sleeper hold, and have all these celebrities comment on it. I have something new for you. Yeah. Okay. Whoa, <laughs> baby Jesus, from Uncle Gene. Oh. I gotta say it in cold though. Okay. Allegedly. Uncle, there was a guy on the set, a movie set, and his name was Steven. Yeah. And he's a real asshole. Yeah. And he is in the martial arts. Now, wait. Did he have a ponytail? (laughs) (laughs) Rumor has it. Where's McDonald? (laughs) (laughs) So, said nobody can sneak up on me, nobody can choke me out, da da da. 
And so I was talking with Uncle Gene and Benny the Jet uh, at the dojo. Oh, this is like four or five weeks ago. Uh, I brought uh, John Lejoie there. Uh, nice. yeah. yeah, the league, the league, the league. Yeah, and Uncle Gene told me this, and I had to take him aside. He said, uh, uh, "Yeah, you know," and uh, he had him listen to him, and you know, because he uh, he can't say nothing about nothing. Mm. And then he goes, "Yeah," and so then I made him loaf. <laughs> he said, "Uncle Gene, come here." <laughs> Uncle Gene, who invented the three-finger lock, he he knows this is how he studies. He can choke you out in different ways, and he can choke you out and make you poop your pants or not. Right. I said, Uncle Gene, come here. (laughs) You didn't teach me the poop part. (laughs) (laughs) Now I got the poop part down. (laughs) Where's those damn doctors? Uh, (laughs) I need a head doctor now. Anyway, so... When he was telling the story to me years ago, he said he was still under a a gag order. He still is. Ironically, a gag order. Not to to say anything, but he... uh, yeah, he's I amazing. I never put that together. <laughs> There's <laughs> clips online of him putting in his pinky and, yeah. and putting, putting people out. You know, like Uncle Gene, the, the people that don't know, they got um, Uncle Gene when he went to uh, the Nationals or for the Olympics. Uh, he's young and he's got like red hair and he somebody washed his gi with like red towels or something. It came out a light pink. He still wears it. <laughs> he doesn't give <laughs> the a shit. The geisha girls washed it, right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> And it like it came out yeah. this light pink, and to this day he still wears it down one. at the uh, Armenian dojo with uh, uh, oh my goodness uh, the Armenian assassin and uh, Benny Gokor. the Jet, uh, yeah Gokor, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, every once in a while I'll take one of my friends. I took Steve down there, Coolest thing ever. his friends. Yeah, don't <laughs> <laughs> take my worst now, nightmare. Now they got that. now Uncle Gene's got this gal. He named after me Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Oh, wow. And she's the UFC Strike Force champion. Oh, And oh, yeah. she had this, Uncle Gene's telling me, he says, you know, I told her the other girl says, I ain't going to tap. Uncle Gene says to me, I said, break the arm. So Ronda did, pow, broke wow. the arm. Wow. <laughs> you can see that on YouTube. So that. I'm going to, yeah, look at that. Woof. And what they do now, every time some smart ass comes, you know, and wants to be a tough guy around the dojo, they say, come on to the dojo. And they put him with Ronda. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was also, I think she was a gold, an Olympic gold medalist. Gene's not as delicate as you are with the, the sleeper holds. Because you're right there. You, you <laughs> once described that you, 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 you uh, pat the guy's head, right? Yeah. Because so you know, like, he, like, he wakes up like a scared rabbit. But Gene will drop you from eight feet up. <laughs> Gene, like Gene enjoys <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the full effect and, and the... Of your head hitting right. the concrete. Oh. How, well, did you, I, how did you learn how to do the, the sleeper hole? Was it from? I was fighting for my life from Uncle Gene. That Judo, was the, that Judo was the, Gene LaBelle. That was the first Judo, toughest yeah. man on the planet. Yeah. Okay. He taught you that oh, when you were yeah. really young uh, how to do yeah, it? Yeah, like uh, this is the way I, I was getting the shit kicked out. I'm sorry. I was getting the dog kicked out of me a lot, all the time. And this was, uh, you know, starting 15, 16, 17, 18. And I got to the Olympic Auditorium and he felt sorry for me. But the way he trained me was the guys that would come in off the street, okay, grab them by the pecs, boom, you know, I do that. Mm. Grab them by the crotch. One of his favorite things to do is go behind and grab them by the balls because they always bend over, then grab them by the side of the head, hair, and then get your right knee on on the back of his head. And then when you pull up from the crotch and you go down, you get a good, uh... well, anyway, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm learning all this on the fly, yeah. and uh, I spent years with him and wrote a book with him. Or no, I wrote the preface to a book of his. And Godfather I, Grappling, I read it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's fantastic. I, I mean, he's uh, 
Are we going to a break? Is that what this is? Just a second. Talk about. Uh, oh. <laughs> so natural. Got <laughs> <laughs> the guy's hand. He's in the back. Oh, what's this? It's Walter Cronkite. <laughs> Rumor has it. Gamefly. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Tell me, how did Jimmy get started? Jimmy was, um, Jimmy always loved David Letterman. And uh, he uh, he would come out every summer or I'd go to see him. Yeah. And we'd go see Letterman. He was like uh, 15 years old and I was 12. And he would always call into radio stations and do bits and crank calls were his thing too. And uh, Jimmy Jim, would do crank oh, calls. Oh, he loved crank, crank calls. Anchors, oh, yeah. Crank anchors. Oh yeah, really? You gotta see crank anchors. It's like this puppets with a bunch. It. Oh, it's great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But then he bounced around. He was in uh, ten radio stations. He was a DJ. Got fired from ten cities before he settled in L.A. as a sports guy. On <laughs> what would you get fired so, for? Like, just, r- really, just bad mouthing the boss on air. <laughs> like, I relate to that. I, yeah, I, I know why I love your family. Yeah. yeah that's so, it. so then he ended up as uh, someone liked him on the radio, and he auditioned that to be a co-host on uh, Win Ben Stein's Money. It was a popular game show back. Uh, yeah. Comedy Central. Yeah. Comedy yeah. Central. I later went on to host that too. But uh, and then he did. Did the you host show. that? I did. I did two seasons of it. So. Very and then, cool. um, yeah. And then he met and did the man. Okay. And that's the man show. I still want to know more, but hang on. All right. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you're such an asshole. <laughs> I love you. So, I come and I see Sal for the first time at his birthday. All right. And then they asked me to come on the man show. But I, they're doing it for out of love for me to give me some exposure and, you know, on the man show. So, okay, I'm coming on the man show. And here's the segment. <laughs> it was, let me like, set it up. It's called the uh, Wheel of Destiny. And it started okay. off like if you could have sex with Pam Anderson, and there were ten <laughs> slots on the wheel, but nine of them were Pam Anderson, and one was Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> which, which, which just spin the wheel, and it became a great starting point. So we put we put five good things and five bad things, like. Put your wallet in a wood chipper, or a guy sits on your face, or you get you know thousand dollars cash, and yeah. and one yeah. of the one of the things we had mm-hmm. was wrestle Rowdy Roddy Piper, there you go. which I would think was a good thing. I mean, <laughs> not that you'd you'd win, but yeah, it's <laughs> oh, yeah, a great story. Okay, so there I am in the line of what's going to happen to you if you spin the wheel. Right. Now, on my right hand side, in a bathtub. With a shower around it is a naked fat man <laughs> taking a shower. On my left side is a goat. <laughs> so we're going along. I'm looking like, are you fucking ribbing me? And I had a hood on, uh, a, hood, a black leather jacket with a hood that Hawk lost later in Las Vegas. But so all of a sudden, so they spin the wheel for some guy, right? Mm-hmm. That he's got to wrestle Roddy Piper. And out from the crowd comes a 750-pound Ohio oh. plowboy. <laughs> that, you, know, you, know, you know, eats donkeys for, for, uh, for breakfast. <laughs> and here we go. And he grabs me. And as, as I'm going, Jimmy comes by. And, you know, it's show business. He goes, ham it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. And away we went. And uh, I finally got the big old boy. You handled yourself well. Yeah. <laughs> But it was, uh, you know, 
It, it's one cool thing. Uh, one cool thing about doing what I've done is you run into a lot of uh, a lot of real jerks and assholes, but you run into some really wonderful people mm. with huge. It'll huge happen. Hearts. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. Give these things time. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's been so long. <laughs> I know. And I've been married 30 years. <laughs> uh, doctor friends. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I got, like, Steve's got a heart of gold. Right. Sal. Sal's got a heart of gold. Jimmy, yeah. heart of gold, man. Uh, Christian. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on it. Right. Right. Justin, the same thing. Okay. I so I, I, I didn't even get close. I didn't even get close to talking about. Uh, I'll try to do a quick Raw 1000. I'm there. Okay. So I come to Raw 1000. I think to myself, what can I do? I get the t shirt. I go around to everybody. Get them to all day, personally. I get everybody's, everybody's signature on Bret Hart to do, do the design. You know, we got The Rock, we got Austin wasn't there, Bret Hart, Sergeant Slaughter, Duggan, everybody. Okay. While I'm doing this, there's some kind of skit they want me to do. And it's, it's, they're, they're, they're taking, and they're, they're, things are going on in the arena. It's time for me to go and do what Roddy Piper does. And they want me to skip with little Jimmy. And I'm walking around for little Jimmy. Oh, yeah. And the skipping rope's going, and... The other guy's going, skip, little Jimmy. I can't see a damn thing. And I, I thought they drug tested these guys. <laughs> I, 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 do you see him? Yeah, I see him. Are you happy now, skipping? And then he goes, little Jimmy's left. <laughs> no shit. <huh? laughs> all right. All I want to do is show off my T-shirt. Right. All right. So now it comes time. There's the gorilla position. And there's Brock Lesnar over by himself, <laughs> who can be by himself Wait, when he wants to. What's the gorilla position and how did that... Uh, the gorilla position is named after Gorilla Monsoon, and it's like being on deck. And when you, when you see guys coming out the ramp, right behind there is yeah. like a den of lions, because everybody's right on it. Now, while I'm at the gorilla position, uh, off, let me come off the air, I'll tell you guys one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Uh, there's all the legends, right? But I don't know nothing that's going on. And there's Animal and and Rikishi and uh, I I don't even know who all the legends were. One thing that you could notice though is this, like you know, like we're all pros and legends and we're supposed to be seasoned pros. And I'm going, ah, I'm kind of towards the back. I'm with JBL and Slaughter's over there. And as, as we see the match going towards the end, all of a sudden, like the younger legends. Start crowding for the door because they want camera position, uh, yeah. right? And I'm back and I'm going through to myself, you know, that's a small door for a lot of beef that's going <laughs> to go through that. But I'm a pro. I'm the smartest one there. Da 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 da. We all get out, and so I take my position, my first position. I'm behind Animal, which has got the Beetlejuice spikes all up. And all I want him to do is see the t shirt. I tip Jerry Lawler up. When you see the T-shirt, tell them what I did. Okay. So now we're on camera. It's live, live. And I'm trying to juggle for a position, and I'm, I'm behind Animal. No one can see me. All right, Rod. Stage right. So I take a right. I'm behind fucking Rikishi, <laughs> who's all in white. Okay? Except oh, for great. him. He's a Samoan. He's tanned. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, I see the legends head for the ring. All right. I'll make my move then. 
So the hard camera, I know where the hard camera is, and it's staring at me. And uh, Heath Slater, I think, was a kid in the ring. Mm -hmm. So I look down at Heath Heath Slater, and I'm going to bring my head up to the hard camera to show off my T-shirt. As I bring my head up, there's Rikishi grabs me and gives me a big uh. hug, and I look like a little baby wiener in Wonder Bread. It's not in Wonder Bread. They never saw me the whole friggin' night. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> you know, 1,000 thraw. That's as far as I think I've made it. Oh, 1,000. No. So this T-shirt, everybody, I even had the referee sign it. I had, uh, I haven't given away books yet either. I don't know how we're going to do that. You're going to get books. Go to Rowdy Roddy Piper and, and get to the last of those books. This T-shirt will ne- either will be given. To, read some of the names on it, man. That's great. Can you see? You I can. see Mysterio. I see Bob Backlund. Bobby Backlund. Bob Backlund. Who else can you see on here? Uh, Does that say "Good job, Cutsucker"? Here's <laughs> 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 I have so many mad dog stories. Uh, you're going to think, think, think I'm kidding, but did the, the, the diva sign it in the back? Because that could, that I'm thinking as a lawyer here, that really could work to your advantage. All right. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> you want some bubbles? How much, <laughs> how much wrong could I have done? <laughs> Bobby back, and yes, the diva signed she it. Did. Yeah, did. And you know what? I love you guys so much for coming. There's, we always run out of time. Uh, it's Rod Pod. Hey, listen, we're going to be in all these places that I told you, Glasgow, Aruba. Uh, you know, uh, do how to do all the plugs. Oh, I'm, wait a second. Amazon. Amazon. I'm, gonna, oh, I, I'm a pro. You're working with a pro here. <laughs> this is good. You're working with a pro. <laughs> the second sponsor we got, Amazon, which is a great way to support the podcast because it costs nothing. Uh, if you're going to buy something online, why not try Amazon? Dot com. They have everything from TVs to baby diapers. Have you ever bought diapers? Do you know how much? I've got four kids. Do you know how much they shit? They buy baby <laughs> diapers. Customer service, ease, execution, and shipping is superior. So all you got to do is you go to Amazon and you just tell them that Rod sent you. And uh, I don't know what the hell happens, but you get something really cool. Uh, <laughs> you know? uh, but Amazon is a... Oh, gotcha. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. You go to Toad Hop, and this is the way you got to do it. I see uh, 135 tweets here. I'm going to get three books away. You go to Toad Hop, okay, and then it shows you Rod Pod, and you go to Amazon, and they give you, like, big discounts, sometimes free cars, mm. you know, no engines, but free mm. cars, and, uh, no, but lots of really cool stuff, and they're, they're like, sponsors that we got, because, like, nobody really likes me at all, and uh, <laughs> they're hard to get. Uh, I've been footing the bill for all this. What else is going on? Um... Steve Simone, uh, he's going to go on tour. Where are you headed, bud? Uh, I'm going to be at the maybe Brea Improv headlining next week, depending uh, on here. And then I'm heading over to Afghanistan. Uh, the are you going wow. to Afghanistan? Wow. Yeah, man. That's Good job. Awesome. You know, yeah. That's great. Christian, Christian, you know, I, I just, this is the way I, I roll. But if Steve can't make it, would you come back? Are you kidding me? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I would 100%. love you to come back. I would love to. We can you, know, you tell me your Coco Beware story. Oh, shoot. Next time. We, still have to, we still never got to the fight with you and Nash. Every, look, that's, Holy cow, that's my that's ticket so back. That's my ticket okay, back. Okay, all right. The fight with me and Nash. Wait, how Coco about you Beware. announce that you're going to Afghanistan? He gives your job away in 10 seconds. <laughs> 
and it was like that. <laughs> Hollywood. And Rod, we want you on the Schmoes No Show also. Too. I'd love to be yeah. on the Schmoes No Show. I, I love you. I did a review for you. You did. Yeah, Expendables. We did the second one. Expendables too. Yeah, Expendables too. Yeah, and I haven't even seen the movie. You got to be in Expendables three. Is what needs to happen. That'd be cool. You got room in your navel for two peas in the heart of a promoter. So. As traditionally, I'm going to leave you with an Irish poem. For those who love us, may God bless. And for those that don't, may God turn their hearts. And if they can't turn their hearts, may he turn their ankles so we recognize them by their limp. Rod Pod, we love you all. Thank you all for listening. God bless. Have a nice day. So cool. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.